Still time to change your mind. I could race to see you could die first. <laughs> Terminal patient outlives the rest of humanity. Someone should put you in a medical journal. Nobody around to read it. If you stop the transfusions, it won't last a week. If I was in a hurry to die, I'd go with you. They all want to be home. Where's that? You, I guess that's here. You good a place as any. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. And now, of course, I knew, I assume that you said that while freezing under a blanket, under some sheets, under a coat, under those... Sure. those uh, it's really cold. Yeah. What was that, those things that they had like back in the day where you would put like embers, like coals inside like a pan that you'd stick into the bed to help warm you up? Yeah. The torture devices? Sure. Whatever. Whatever those things called. I just remember them from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie thinking, they're in the Caribbean. How cold is it? Right. Maybe they're just used to it. That is where the term fire crotch came from, though. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that. This is episode 330. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are talking about the midnight sky. The midnight sky. It is sky. dark and foreboding. It is dark and foreboding. And okay, yeah. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. I didn't start the fire, Jimison. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was always burning <laughs> since the world's been turning. It's that's true. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. And Sam, it's really good that the power still works, Vector. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? With nothing else working. And and Sean, I'm just going to lock the door and push you outside. Or uh, the other way around. Push okay. you outside and then lock the door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, just so you know. I mean, yeah. at least it'll be quick. <laughs> I don't know about that. Antarctica? Yeah. I, I'm. Oh, yeah. Or, or North Pole, I guess, is where they were. I don't remember. Yeah, I guess there were mountains, so it had to be Antarctica. So yeah, it's Greenland or somewhere. What? I don't Greenland, know. Canada. I don't know. There were mountains. I, I thought that. I thought it was Greenland, wasn't it? Greenland that they were. I thought I saw a map with them yeah, showing Greenland that. as as like one of the last respites. I think I saw that Earth yeah. or something. No, yeah. Okay. Well, which they at the beginning of the movie wanted to trade for Puerto Rico. <laughs> Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You know, there's so many crazy stuff you forget some of the craziest things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 2020's Midnight, The Midnight Sky. This is based on a book, um, which I found out today, uh, based really? on the book Good Morning Midnight by Mark L. Smith. No, sorry, the uh, Lily Brooks Dalton, I think, wrote the book. I'm sorry. Weird. Um, okay. Yeah. And I would like to, well, you know, me and my, my apocalyptic fun, you know, I like movies with that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Absolutely. book is worth it. I, I, it would be interesting to compare it to this movie, tell you the truth, because what? I do have some questions that yeah. we need to address on this. Thing. I, us I usually think I'm, I'm rare when I think that, uh, the book is not as good as the movie. Um, yeah. but I think this might be a case where the book is definitely better than the movie. <laughs> well, here's but, what I will say about the book specifically. And the only reason why, and this is true, I was on our uh, podcast forum groups uh, today and I just yeah. started chatting with someone that has another podcast who does um, movies. So you're cheating on, on us. But, well, sort of, yeah. And <laughs> pimping myself out, I think is a better term. And I was, okay. uh, and I, you know, started talking to this this person, and she was like, "Hey, we're we just did Midnight Sky like a couple weeks ago." 
So I started, I listened to the episode. I got about halfway through on my drive home, and I'll finish it tomorrow on my drive to work. Interesting. Okay. And so they do the book review and the movie review. So the part that I listened to was only the book review part. It wasn't, they hadn't even gotten to the movie. Okay. And so I'm going off of the account of these two women who do a podcast, and they hated the book. Oh, really? They hated it. They said that this was, this was a case where the book was worse than the movie. Wow. Then I probably would not want to read it at all. So I'm going off of <laughs> yes. their opinion, and you know, I'm also kind of hoping that maybe she'll listen to this and go, "Hey, that's nice." So that that podcast, I'll give them a free plug. I have no no shame in that, or not shame. I have no problem with that. There's no shame in that. Uh, is that they're called uh, Pages and Popcorn. So I I listened to the oh, first cool. half of uh, the Midnight Sky, and I I enjoyed myself. Um, so with that being said. After doing this show with you guys, specifically you two, for we're going on 230 episodes now, I've started to figure something out, which is interesting. Uh-oh. So, uh, no, no, no. It's just an interesting thing. Typically, when we do a, a movie, there's only one of three. We have one of three responses individually, right? We either we love it, we don't really care, or we hate it. That's kind of it, right? There's yeah. It's very rarely where it's like, I mean, even if it was pretty good, but there's some issues that kind of lives in the middle ground. And I've I've also kind of noticed that if we really hate it, we text each other. You know, we'll, Interesting. we'll put in the okay. group text, oh my God, this part was really bad, or are you to this part? Or you know, like we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. And sometimes if we really are into it, like in the case of the trial of the Chicago seven, I was texting you, Sam, going, Oh my gosh, the the scene with the guy in the chair, and you're like, I know, right? Yeah. It's crazy. But movies that we don't really like or hate, we don't text each other at all. And it's almost as if we're so ambivalent to the movie itself, we're right. not even bothered yes. with bothering each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, that is exactly how I feel about this thing. That is a perfect example of what this movie is. Because really, uh, I certainly I don't know what to think about it because I just, like I said before, I've got tons of questions. That either I missed in the movie, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. Sure. But but I just this movie was very ho hum. I think I even told you guys, I, I did text you guys, it's a long one, right? Yeah. And then and then you said oh, it's only an hour and what, forty five minutes? Fifty or minutes or something, yeah. Yeah, and I'm and but God, got it. It feels like feels a lot long. longer than that. Which is funny because the same thing. I've, I I experienced the same thing after the um the disaster scene on the space station, and we kind of take a moment to catch our breath a little bit from that moment. I'm like, boy, the movie must be getting close to an end because we just had a. There's an hour to go. Yeah, I, my my legs are numb sitting on this bed because I've been here three hours. What's going on? Yeah, it's 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 boring. In parts, but it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, what, what people say the military is right. You've got, you know, 98% boring weight around and 2% sheer panic and, and terror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this movie's kind of like that where it's just, it's just so flipping, so flipping boring. So we're going to, um, let me do some of the, the technical stuff real quick and then we'll get back into the meat of it and we'll have our five word reviews in which case this week I'll actually say mine. Um, and so George Clooney directed this. This is this is his thing. He adapted this from. Well, he didn't. He didn't add it. He just he wrote it, but or directed it. I mean, and he's done other um, direct direct movies. He's directed other movies. That's the word I'm trying to say. Uh, he directed something called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Good Night and Good Luck. He did Leatherhead, which was filmed here in North Carolina, which is pretty cool. He did The yeah. Ides of March, Monuments Men, Suburbicon. Uh, a couple episodes of Catch-22, and this. So he's got director skills. Mm-hmm. And and of those movies, the un, uh, unfortunately, the only one I've seen is Leatherheads, which was which was pretty funny. Uh, but uh, he, he's, he's got director skills, and I, I think he's obviously a phenomenal actor. So I don't, I, I don't know if it's because of the source material, or what? Yeah. But it just—I don't know. Um, I'm wondering if that's a—if that's the issue. Yeah. Some of the other... I've seen—I've seen some of those other ones. Um, and we'll talk about that later. But he's directed some really good things, and yeah. this one didn't make the mark. No. I—I I think 
directorial in terms of the acting is what is well done. I think some of the visuals are well done. I just think the story is just not there. And I and that's what I that's what I think is like that's not his fault, right? He's working no. on a book, and right. the the book is about kind of the bleakness of of life, and that ultimately we're all alone, and you're gonna die alone. And <laughs> according to the ladies from the show that I listened to, the book is about because even in the book, like this movie ends on kind of a hopeful note. Kind of, if you don't think kind about of. it too much. <laughs> yeah. About the fact that these two people are going to have to start over on a new planet. Like, you know, let's, you know, let's get it past the whole, um, you know, Noah, Noah's art kind of concept. But this movie's kind of bleak and dark and, and, and sad and cold. Right. And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know what. There's something about the book, obviously, that George, that drove George Clooney to want to direct it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think this is a story that could have been really well done, but again, I don't think it's his fault. I think maybe the, maybe it is. I mean, I'm completely speculating, but I don't know. Having heard your comments about the book from the other podcast. I don't know that the story was the, the the skeletal structure is there. Does that make sense? But the meat is missing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the if you if you boil it back down to the initial concept, if I said to you guys, "Hey guys, we're gonna watch a movie this week. The Earth is dead, and there's just like yeah. literally one dude on it, and his whole job." is to save the people that are coming back to Earth from coming back, to get a message to them to say, don't come back to Earth, find a new place, the Earth is dead. Like, there's, yeah. there's some intrigue there. And, and yet, somehow, I, they, they made this into two hours of... I mean, uh, it's, I'm not saying it has to be action-packed, but there's almost very little suspense. Yeah, the trailer of this movie does a disservice to this movie. Because the the way the trailer presented, it presents it as a disaster film, and Clooney is racing against the clock to tell these people to 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 not come to Earth. Yeah. Right. And it's not that at all. In fact, at one point, they haven't even I think gotten a hold of Clooney, and they see that Earth number one, there's no communication. There there's no activity, or I believe they even see the Earth, and, and are are commenting on how bleak it looks or something like that. And right. I don't think they were going to land anyway. Yeah, it, right. It almost makes so you this, feel. Like, is this a, a Indiana Jones where it doesn't even matter? It, well, uh, you know what Clooney does. Yeah, Clooney's Clooney's purpose of the film is not to drive the plot. Clooney's purpose is to have his own personal closure. That's his whole purpose. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not like he's actually helping anybody because he's not. And we we'll get to the girls, you know, subplot here in just a second. The little girl, you know, twist here in just a second. But like, you're right. It is kind of Indiana Jones in that, at the end of the movie, you know, the Nazis still die on the hill, and the the thing still gets t- taken by top men. Where in this case, <laughs> they just see the Earth is dead, and they turn around and go home. Except for the two guys that want to go die on the Earth. Die on Earth. And yeah. Are they technically hopping men? I don't think they're hopping men. I think they're. I thought about it in the moment, and I, I think their outcome is pretty obvious. Well, yeah, but. Well, can, yeah, I guess it is, but. Uh, can I ask my first question? Yeah. With the start of the movie, we've got the helicopter scene, mm-hmm. and people are being. Um, what do you call it? Uh, not evacuated. Yeah. <laughs> evacuated, thank you. Where do they go? Where are they going? I, I remember someone saying something about underground. They were yeah. Trying he makes to go the comment on... that uh, the only inhabitable place, inhabitable place, is underground, and that's only for a limited amount of time. Okay, so literally, no one's surviving this thing on Earth as we know it. As far as we know, yeah, we we have to assume that if if somehow, if whatever happens, we don't know what happens. We never find out. Mm-hmm. We just know that it's like some kind of radiation cloud. 
and we see a visual of it both represented in the little radar thingy that she has yeah. as well as a physical cloud behind them at one point. And so so whatever, you know, nuclear war, whatever, I don't know. Something yeah. happened. But, you know, so we don't it's very know the if, road type of thing where you never really quite understand what. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're kind of led to believe that it's nuclear war because you see different spots on the map that are radiating. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, this to your point, Sam, this movie raises way more questions than it's than it's asks or answers, and uh, and I'd I'd like to kind of hit some here in just a second. So let's do our five word reviews, and then we're gonna do round table. Let's see if we can answer some questions for ourselves because <laughs> I think maybe between the three of us we can either guess or maybe you know with some conjecture we can figure it out. But I, there's a lot of this movie that just doesn't plain make sense. Uh, so, so Sam, you started us off with your five word review. Um, my five, I've got two here. Um, the, the, the positive one is neat twist in a bad movie. Okay. So, uh, but we'll talk about that later. And then my, my one really kind of explains my, my feelings for this movie. And that is a four word review of was this even necessary? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> did we did we learn more about ourselves in this movie? Did we find out more about humans or or the human condition in this movie? And I I don't think I don't think there was a you know movies don't have to have a moral to the story, but they need to tell a story with a with a beginning, middle, and end. And I did not think it happened in in this one. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay, let's uh, let's just yeah. since we're here, Andrew, let's just go ahead and do our five word reviews. Okay, um, mine's pretty simple, uh, and that is long, slow, predictable, and a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> just like a Saturday night at Andrew's house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. And like I said, since we're here, I'm just going to do mine. Krusty Clooney gets cold quick. He <laughs> <laughs> was kind of crusty, wasn't he? Yeah. It was so crusty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually get to make the funny ones, but I was in a mood. That's perfect, though. Yeah, yeah that's great. All right. So let's ask some questions, okay? Yes. Wait, no. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. You did it, Gorse. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's ask some questions because I know we all have questions about the movie that we just don't understand. So, so Sam's, your first question is where are these people going? Okay. Yeah, where did they go? That's how the movie starts, right? Yeah. Is everybody's evacuating so and we, apparently... They're underground. They're going, they're turning yeah, into underground. ants. We're going to go live underground. They're going to turn into the Matrix and live underground. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So that's question number one. I'm just yes. going to skip over the fact... Here's my biggest... Honestly, this is one of my biggest issues with the movie. Is I don't think that the author of the book is a science fiction author. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, there's... Interesting. I don't think there's enough science fiction in my existential drama. You know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Give me a little bit more science fiction. I mean, even Passengers, which is kind of, you know, a story about what would you do, the human condition. It's only got two people in the whole movie, really. And yeah. So, but there's a little bit of science fiction element and some other stuff happening. Whereas this movie, I mean, I I did think the the shield on the ship was kind of cool. Where they're yeah, you know, they that was apparently built to block debris debris um, from hitting hitting yeah. it. Yeah, the ship itself is really cool. The design of the ship is really great. It looks like something Elon Musk has dreamt up. It really does. Yeah, yeah, and and so the space part I'm fine with. It's but it, but again, that's just like go watch some stuff from NASA, you know. Like yeah. that's that's not that's not science fiction. I mean, it is, but it's not. You know, just some of the other stuff. Okay, so question yeah. question number two. All right. Okay. So we so we meet the girl, right? So George Clooney, a big part of the movie is George Clooney dealing with this girl. I'm just gonna go yes. ahead and spoil it now because it'll just make conversation easier. The girl is a figment of his imagination. It's his brain giving him something to do while he's just waiting to do something. Right? Yeah. Yep. And we all, I don't know how, at what point you guys figured out that that's what she was. 
Um, my wife, who was better at this than I am, figured it out way earlier than I did. <laughs> but it still was not long for me. Yeah. Well, I tell you, the, the, the moment for me when they were looking for this little girl and then the girl showed up under the, under the table or whatever that was, I knew that's what it was. Like from that moment, they were looking for this girl because I thought, uh, I don't think that this is somebody who's been left behind. Yeah. I really think this is just him imagining. And, well, yeah. I, apparently I'm dense because I did not realize it until the, the actual reveal happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because the entire time I'm thinking, you know, wow, these writers are, are basically they're showing us this child who is going to die you know, along with, with everybody else yeah. on earth, I thought it was a kind of a cruel, cold way to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Now, does that mean that, uh, Clooney set the fire in the kitchen himself? That's question number, I guess, technically question number three, my question number right? two was going to be is, if we're to believe that she's real, which the director, George Clooney, is making us think that she's real, is it very believable that she lived on that station, on that, that outpost, for three weeks while avoiding him and yeah. finding ways to not be seen? And then all of a sudden she starts making mistakes, leaving at a bowl, setting the kitchen on fire, and then now she wants to sleep in the same bedroom with him? Now that's it's a big place, but it's not that big. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize like, it was three weeks. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's another thing that led you me probably to missed it. That. You probably nodded off when it says three weeks after the event. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing that led me to believe that it was just a figment of, of his imagination because I thought the same thing. This girl is going to be a, a, what, a six, seven, eight-year-old girl. She's going to probably get scared. She's going to probably hear a sound and, and she's not going to be feeding herself properly. Like yeah. she's going to need some help. Yeah. I have a seven year old, eight year old. Uh, so they've just come through those years. They are independent, but not fully. Yeah. And if they know another adults around, they're gonna, if an, if an emergency situation arises, they're going to approach them if it's an emergency, you know? The and and honestly, Sam, it, it it wasn't those clues that tricked me on. It was the scene after Clooney falls in the water, right, with the the, the little shed or whatever that the capsule, whatever it was, that falls in the water and he escapes, yeah. and he's shivering and frankly should have died, and he has the vision of the of the the mom, right? You know his his ex uh, girlfriend, wife. whatever she was, or, wife, yeah, whatever she was, and then it turns into her. I thought, that's a little sketchy. But the really part where I'm like, she's not real, was when it showed the two of them standing over the ledge looking down to the radar station. And Clooney's face is cracked and broken and busted and cold. And she looks like she just stepped out of the salon. And I thought, she can't be real because she doesn't, she's not a being, a, she's not affected by the cold. Holy crap. One of my notes that, that I wrote on this was, Boy, it doesn't seem like the girl is very cold. <laughs> yeah. Because she's not. <laughs> she's not. That makes sense. Now, Interesting. Now okay. we've established that. Here's where I get pissed off, director George okay. Clooney man. First of all, setting the fire. So that's question three. Who set the fire? Did he set it himself or was that all just in his head? Because yeah. there's, a, there's a movie trope or it's a, it's a storytelling trope called the unreliable storyteller in which mm-hmm. the author will actually lie to the audience just to confuse us so that at the end... Throw of the, us off the scent. Throw us off the scent so at the end of the movie yeah. or book, whatever, we either are, oh, wow, that was clever, or I hate you. Big Fish does that very well. Uh, okay, I need to go back and rewatch that. I, li- I remember yeah. liking it a lot. I need to go back and watch it. It's a father-son thing. It'll make you cry. Yeah, I know, I know. I remember yeah. being kind of weepy when I saw it the first time, and I, and that's been... 10 plus years since I saw it. Maybe college. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, so. All right. So. Yeah. So we have these moments where Clooney's talking to her and he has the pee fight. Right. So is he flicking yeah. peas to nothing or is the whole scene in his head? 
you know, and uh, when the and see, I'm okay with that being in his head. I'm okay with a lot of that being in his head. He's taking medicine. He's getting transfusions. Yeah. He's he's dying. I mean, he looks like late stage, you know, some sort of cancer or whatever he's yeah. got. Um, so I'm okay with with that aspect of it. I guess. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying that the interactions between George Clooney and the little girl aren't cute. I mean, they are. They're very cute and sweet. And knowing that it's just in his head, it makes you feel just sad that he's living out in his head memories that he should have if he would have been a father to her. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what makes it super sad because these are the things that we three have done and do with our kids because we chose to be in our kids' lives. He chose not yeah. to. Now, the story does tell us, and it gives the, the movie gives you little hints that um, that uh, the girl from Rogue One is his daughter. Wait, we get we get several hints throughout the movie when he pulls up the the manifest and parks the camera, you know, the picture of her on the screen. You know, that obviously means something. There's a reason why he's staying here to warn them. You know, and it's a, yeah. a, it's a familial reason. It's not out of duty. It's because he, he needs to. Yeah. And so we're, we're left these breadcrumbs. Anyway, back to, my, back to where I was with the little girl, though. So when they're staying at the place, the camp, whatever, and she speaks a word, and then he wakes up, and he's falling into the thing. So again, was that a dream? Was her speaking a dream? Or not. Again, mm -hmm. that's where I get to the unreliable storyteller. But then here's where I get a little frustrated with director man George Clooney. He either, what actually happens is that as the thing is breaking and he wakes up, he grabs his gear, breaks the window, and escapes. Mm -hmm. But the movie portrays him breaking the window, throwing her out, taking the time to throw her out, and then going back for his gear. So yeah. either he wasted time in his head pretending to save someone that would... I mean, I know that the gear is only going to pr prolong his life a few days. We know that. We know he's going to die. But he was desperate enough to nearly die of hypothermia going in the water to find it, to go after it. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I get kind of annoyed with the whole girl isn't real part, is that... And she she picks up the gun. She actually picks up the gun to prevent it from falling into the water because we need the gun later so he can have his revenant moment with the wolves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, you know, compare this to basically the same twist of Sixth Sense, right? In, in, in a way. way where, yeah. yeah, right? And, and Sixth Sense does it so well that, yeah. that he's never there when the mother's in the in the picture when everybody else is in the picture and he doesn't interact with anything he doesn't but yet the story still is told like it makes you believe that he's there yeah mm -hmm. does that make sense i i agree that it didn't seem it didn't seem really well done with with the girl yeah uh, if m night Shyamalan had done this instead of george clooney i think there might have might have been some things sold a little bit better yeah yeah I, again i agree there in that yeah, um, because yeah, Shyamalan. I mean, The Sixth Sense is. I mean, is a genuinely great movie, and frankly, Shyamalan's best film. Um, though he's done a couple recently that are, I have not seen that are that are pretty good that I've been told. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But you're right, Sam. Is that you know in Shyamalan in in uh, Sixth Sense, Bruce Willis. It was just so funny. I remember I watched it in the theater and then got to the end. And I was like, I was blown away. Like, oh my gosh, mind blown. When it comes out on VHS, I rent it, and I've not told my parents. Halfway through the movie, my mom says, he hasn't changed clothes. <laughs> He's in the same clothes. Why is he still in the same? I bet you. And then and dad says, yeah, he died. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so anyway, uh, spoiler, sorry, for a movie that came out yeah. 30 years ago. Um, all right, so that was question what? We're up to question three or four. Okay. Here's question number whatever. The goal is this, right? His sole purpose in staying is to stay at the station so that he can communicate with the ship, right? And, the, and here's, here's kind of another side question. He pulls up the list of all of the ships and all of them are like offline, offline, offline. Ether, still operational. So it made me kind of feel like there are lots of spaceships out there. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the it was a shotgun oops, it was a shotgun attempt by NASA to find a live, habitable yeah location yeah. or planet and and this was you know ether was the last one out there out at all. Yeah, you exactly. You know something happened to everything else. Yeah. I thought I thought the same thing. It made it made me feel like they were just they were just one of a handful of crew going to this Jupiter planet K twenty three that that just conveniently can sustain life. Being, you know, wait wait now now that brings up my next question. Right now that we're in space, and her dream is that she gets left on this planet. Yeah. Why are they leaving the planet again? Well, the mission. So, um, um, just to find the. Inhabitable planet. Yeah, Varsity Blues coach, he said the the goal was to go there and turn around. They were there. Yep, people can live here. Now let's go back. But I'm taking it that by the time they get back, everybody's dead? Yeah. So, I mean, it would take me several weeks, if not, I guess it would probably take a couple months, right? So, literally, with all the other spaceships down... They are the last bits of humanity on that ship. Yeah. It's so, that... and there's there's two women originally. Yeah. One of them dies. And Felicity, is it Felicity Jones? No, mm-hmm. what's her name? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, you're right. Um, she is the last woman alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means humanity's future is in her womb. Right. Well, and, so, and not so, even really, if you think about it. Because I had this conversation with my wife. Well, these are the last two people alive. Well, and, and here's one... the, that, yeah, and that's where I was going, Andrew, right? It's, it's okay. the Noah these conundrum, two, right? These two other men leave the ship. Their genetic makeup leaves the other ship, and she's left with her, her boyfriend and a baby. And I, I, so those two other men could have helped the genetic um, and and this of course I'm I'm going far beyond what the movie is about, but this is where my head goes. Yeah. In in terms of the fate of humanity, at least there would be some sort of genetic diversity with with three fathers and one woman. Certainly not the best, but at least a start. They and, wouldn't end up with tails and things. Yeah. Well, yeah. and 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 besides, yeah, <laughs> besides just that conundrum, there's also just the simple fact that. It would have been nice to have more help. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm just saying? Like, I ended. Well, was. It, it was a bad choice. Those the, those two idiots. Well, I was and there I, in the I, movie I, itself, thinking, "What are those morons doing?" Here's what got me about that whole situation: when they leave on that shuttle, one of them says, you, it, "It really takes two people to fly this thing." You're leaving two people to to fly an entire space station. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> two people for a shuttle and and you think one of and, whom is very pregnant one of, yeah one yeah. of which is very pregnant and if anything goes wrong is going to have to go back outside and spacewalk again i mean yeah. like <laughs> it's just not a good plan well you're well do i need to play it um you're, you might you're, need to you're not wrong i will say this i did get i did get the look from my wife when i said i don't I don't understand these guys' decisions. Not a great plan. And <laughs> and she said, you wouldn't come back to look for me and the kids? And of course, now I'm sitting here with my wife who is within <laughs> striking distance of me. And I'm like, well, I mean, would you want me to? If you knew that if I came back, all I would do was die with you? And, then, and then she was just like, well, I don't know. Ooh. So... Because that's all they're going to do. That's only yeah. if they find them. They don't know where they're going. No. They have no idea. So all they can do is land near where they used to live. And as soon as, what I would assume is how bad the air is, as soon as they open the shuttle doors, they're going to die of radiation poisoning. Yeah. So, I mean, they're yeah. literally on a one-way trip. And they know They won't it. last long enough to, to search. Yeah. It, it, it's a weird decision. And I know it's, it's tough. And I know it's easy for us to say what we would do in our comfy armchairs and not the cold, but. But here, here it is though. You look for drama, you look for storytelling. There's the drama is in the conversation of, do they stay? Do they go? Where is the honor? You know, where is, where is their, 
where is their allegiance to, to humanity or to their families? Yeah. And it never really, it never comes through. Yeah, I don't know. And, and I, th- I think that's a missed opportunity for this. Well, and maybe it's it's supposed to make us have these kind of conversations where we're chatting about it. I mean, maybe the movie's doing what exactly what it was meant to do was for us to have this kind of conversation. But it, it still yeah. kind of boils down to it just, it kind of, it just seems unnecessary to die unnecessarily. Yeah. And I know that, and I get, and, and people that are probably listening, you know, to their phones and saying like, yeah, but how could you turn around and leave not knowing if your family was alive? What if there was a chance that you could find them? Would you not try? And I, I get that. And part of me wants to say, yeah, I would want to try. I would. But wanna... here's the decision. Keep going back in time. These people left on these spaceships on a single mission to find hab- ha- a habitable place for, for people. And they had to make that decision when they left. They're, they might not be coming back. And if they're coming back, maybe they pick up you know their, their family and go to this new place. But once they find out that everybody is dead, everybody is gone, then I say, for God's sake, you know, um, let it be. <laughs> well, I mean, even like so, Varsity Blues coach, he even says, you know, when I signed up for this, I knew the danger. My wife knew the danger, but the danger was to me. The danger wasn't supposed to be for my family. So right. he he does it knowing the risk to him. He's okay dying. Yeah. But but he, see, that's the dumb thing, though. The, why are these people out in space trying to find habitable Earth if if there isn't a reason to do it? Well, the reason's to explore, right? The reason to do it is to do it because it's the next. Are we thing. sure it's to explore, or is it to? Well, we don't to save themselves. We from don't. Earth. We don't know. The movie doesn't tell us that this is because Earth is dying. We don't mm-hmm. know. We just think that Alistair, uh, George Clooney's character, younger self, he finds this planet and says, "Hey, this could be a habitable place for us," <laughs> and so the planet, you know digs up some money and they create this spaceship that is very, cool. very advanced from what anything that we have now that can get to, to Jupiter and back in relatively short time. And three weeks. I mean, something like that, right? I mean, it felt the, like it. Yeah. Well, he, cause here's the crazy part. Like they were, I think they showed the, the first time they had a conversation at the meteor when they got hit by the, whatever, the, the, whatever they were still pretty far away, but they were having instantaneous conversations. So obviously they found a way to communicate without the, the delay of time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of the things I love. And it's unfair to compare this movie to the Martian, but that's one of the things that's great about the Martian is that Mars is our closest neighbor. And that's a 28 minute delay in, in, in response from the time that they, you know what I'm saying? Like, to have a conversation that could take an hour for one for a question and response. I think it's like a twenty-eight minute return. I can't remember that specifically, but anyway, that's that's just some of the sci-fi that I thought was weird. That they were still pretty far away, and then all of a sudden it was like Earth was just in front of them. You know what I'm saying? Like like it seemed. Well, it was weird to me. They they saw images of Earth and and all the craziness that's going on, but then it was like another thirty minutes before they finally got visual out the window or something like that. It was like, well, they, what? They tapped into a satellite, right? Oh, is that like what it te- was? Uh, yeah, they tapped into a telescope oh, see, and I'm... got their first view of Earth. Okay. I missed that. And then that that's when they found out that, you know, things had gone pretty bad. I missed that. I must have missed that part. I knew that they were using yeah. like a view screen kind of kind of concept that they were, you know, I thought I thought it was just cameras on board the ship and I thought but those are some good cameras to be able to give you high res mm-hmm. of Earth. But okay, if they're looking at some kind of you know weather satellites or any of the thousands of satellites that are looking down on Earth right now, then yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I don't know. A couple of the other tropes that I wrote down for this movie, like... In the future, everything is cooler with lights, including ladders, I wrote. <laughs> you know, even the ladders had lights on them. 
Uh, the guy who has to take care of kids is the wrong guy to do it. And, uh, and in my note, I wrote, will, will, of course, die trying to protect or save. That was before I figured out that she wasn't real. Oh, here's the last. Here's another kind of annoying thing. <laughs> the last moment when he's having the conversation, he's finally getting closure because he's talking to Iris and, and they're having this moment. And she's just, he just says, just t- talk to me about the planet, about the place that I discovered and talk to me about. So she's giving him these descriptions. But then we see him, the next thing we see is him standing outside, looking at the sun, holding hands with little Iris. And then she disappears. He inhales, he smiles. And then the next thing is back to her. There's no response, right? There's no, there's no line back. She just says, uh, I think I lost him. And then that's roll credits. Did he literally leave while she was talking to go outside to die? I, well, I thought that he had just died. And that's what he was, his last thought or his last image. I didn't really think he had gone outside and left the conversation. I saw huh. it as... He had, he had died, and when she said we lost him, that's. Yeah, I knew the part when he when we lost him. That meant that he died. I got that part, but it just seemed yeah. weird. Like, did he just get up and leave while she was talking? That's kind of rude. So, here's something that I missed. Maybe you can fill it in for yeah. me. So his last name is Sullivan. Hmm. But when he introduces himself over the, the com, it's. Doctor, oh, it wouldn't be Sullivan because she would have been her last name would have been her mother's. But I thought I could have swore I heard someone call him. What's his first name again? Not Arthur. Uh, Ar- name, though. Archibald. I don't know. Uh, give me a second. Uh, Augustine. Augustine. I Augustine. Th- I really yeah. thought that somewhere in the film, someone said Augustine Sullivan. I don't know. I don't remember that, but I don't know. Uh, I will say that I did pick up the second that Felicity Jones wakes up from her dream and walks by uh, the captain and says, I'm mad at you. And he goes, for what? And she says, because you left me in my dream and I'm not talking to you. I looked at Sarah and I'm like, they're a couple. She goes, why? <laughs> I said, because you have said that to me. Yeah. Like every man that has, has married has has done something in a dream to piss off their wife and they are legit pissed at you the next day. I mean not legit, but kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of not. They hold it over your head. Yes, they do. Sarah will my wife will wake up and she'll say, You cheated on me in my dream. I'm like, well I I was here all night, so I promise you I didn't. She says, Oh, we'll see. You're cooking dinner. (laughs) You're cooking dinner tonight. Okay. Um let's see. Uh yeah, I already mentioned that. Let's see. Sorry. Oh, singing in a movie with a potential potential disaster lurking will always bring on the disaster. So they're like oh, they're yeah. outside and they're singing "Sweet Caroline." I said I, I was I was waiting for the explosion or something to happen during the bum bum bum. I was literally Boom. waiting for yeah. rock or something missile. I don't know whatever. Uh, alien. Um, uh, Earth's. What? Earth's. Oh, a big place. I wrote Biff, but Earth's a big place. I didn't know where they're going. <laughs> it's a Biff place, too. Well, only only in the alternate timeline. Yeah. The other, the last thing I mean, I started to mention this, and I think I messed up, or I got sidetracked by my own thought train, was that if the, the point of him, this is what I started to say, if the point was him to stay there to communicate with them, Right into that was the point. Then why didn't he say to Tim Russ, the the guy he was talking to at the beginning of the movie, who was our Star Trek connection? Why didn't he just say, "Hey, can you give me a lift to the other station that has a more powerful satellite so I can get in touch with them sooner?" I don't. Yeah. I don't. You know what I'm saying like there was no reason to wait three weeks there if you knew that the other station was better. Well, was it that or was it? He didn't. I thought he said that he didn't think the radiation would travel that quickly. It's irrelevant. He. It's. It just feels like he knew. He, he knew he was always going to have to go to the other station to because he knew it was there and that it was a bigger satellite dish. Yeah. That's what's. That's what's confusing to me is that is that thing. 
Which it's not the size of the satellite. It's how you use it. Sean. Okay, now I'm back to this argument, which Andrew, you you actually made, <laughs> you cleared up one thing, but now I have a new question. If there are still functioning satellites, then what does the point size of the dish matter? If you have satellites that are in orbit that are used for communication, why does he need a big dish on the planet? Why can't he just use? You still need a way to to communicate with the satellites, right? But but that shouldn't yeah, but matter, it, should it? Yeah, if you've got functional satellites right above the Earth, then yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like said, use this, a cell phone. We needed a reason for him to be in peril in the snow. That's what we needed. Was some reason for him to do it. In the book, he does it. I think for the same reason. Um, the other thing in the book that I learned from the podcast was that at the end of the movie, um, there's there's a lot. The, the relationships on the ship are a little different. Um, like the uh, the relationship between uh, Jen Erso and the captain are are very different than they are in the in the movie. But at the end of, at the end of, in the book, George Clooney goes out into the snow and finds a polar bear and snuggles up to them to him and dies. Really? Yeah. Weird. So the the author the the, the podcasters were were making a, a pretty compelling argument that the polar bear represents death itself. If, well, was the polar bear real or another figment of his we imagination? Don't, we don't know, and I didn't because you can't just walk up to a polar bear and cuddle. You can't no. spoon. Well, from I don't what think I, they'll let you. From what I remember, from what she was saying, is that in his travels with you know he saw the wolves, but he saw the bear, and the bear scared him, and he ran away or something. But then when he went back, the bear was asleep. So again, maybe. You know, she was making the point that, that the bear is a is a metaphor for death. That when he first saw it, it was scary, but now that he's ready to die, he can just go cuddle up next to it and mm, be on I his see. way. But uh, anyway, the point is, is that bears are scary, guy. Yeah, bear, bear, bears are scary, and the movie's just—it's just this movie is kind of confusing, and but not in a good way. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we got done. It's not like when we got done watching um, Inception, and we're like, "Ooh, is the top still going or not?" You know, it's. I'm not gonna think about this movie anymore after tonight. I'm just not. Um, yeah. This isn't Snowpiercer, guys. You know, this isn't gonna stick yeah. with me for a little while. This is the reason. <laughs> the only reason why it stuck with me as long as it has because we were supposed to record one night and we moved it to a different night. So that's like that's the only reason why I haven't flushed it out of my system. Yeah. Already. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, ready for a couple clips? Let's do sure. it. I don't have many because there's there's just there's not a lot. I mean, there's a lot of talking, but there's not a lot of interesting things to capture. But here's that mentioned that part I mentioned earlier about the dream. Morning, Sully. I'm not speaking to you. Why is that? I had a dream. You left me on K23, so I'm not talking to you. Could he not come up with a better name than K23, by the way? Well, I think that's what it's actually called. No, that's, there's no planet called K23. There's no moon. No, it's a, it's a moon of a Jupiter. Moon. There's, not real, there's no real moon. Is there? Is there? Yeah. Is there? I don't know. Can you shoot, can you shoot bullets in space? I don't know. Can you? Jupiter, moons, K23. It's not a real planet or moon. Oh, it's not. No. It's touted as one of Jupiter's previously undiscovered moons. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, uh, is is Doctor Augustine a real person? Is K twenty three a real planet or moon? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, let's see. No, K twenty three is not a real planet or moon in the film. Because I, I remember thinking, how super convenient that we need a place to live in our solar system, and we just happen to find one. As many probes yeah. and crap we've sent to to Jupiter, we just happen to find one now. Yep, so we um, can live underground in Earth or we can live <laughs> underground on a moon outside of Jupiter. Yeah, that was another thing that was a little weird with the science. It was like the, the planet is warm because of the volcanic activity. But it didn't look Not like when she was thing. there that it had an atmosphere. But she was breathing oxygen. Yeah, she was breathing. It was just, was that, that was a dream, though. It right? was a dream. So that's what I'm like. So when, they, when they're going to go back and live there, I mean, can they? Can they grow yeah. food? Is I there air? The you don't know. Like there was atmosphere is because the uh, 
it was so far from the sun that it wasn't bright enough to light the sky, I guess. Well, yeah, full. they yeah, they, they mentioned the reason why it was bright was because the, it's the, the light reflecting off Jupiter. I get those things. Well, but it, it's a good thing that, that they're going to have little lizard babies with tails and, and, and weird hands and feet because they're going to need it to crawl around that weird planet um, <laughs> later on. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I have to play this quick because no. But you know. Hey! Don't open that. It's an alien planet. Is there air? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Rockwell. Oh, he's so great. <laughs> Such a great line. <laughs> okay. Um, every person that's had a child has said this. You know, there's no rule that says you have to touch everything. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this was about the only funny in the entire movie. Hyacinth. What? What's my mother's name? It's a flower. Hyacinth. Some kind of flower. There you go. That's it. That's the joke. Um, going home. I already forgot what this means. If we go back. He's still alive. Falls will be the last area's hit. And he told me the air contamination... We don't know anything. We all saw what it looked Our like. Our mission was to go to K-23, turn around, and come home. We're going home. There you go. Going home. Maybe they didn't even get to the on the planet. Maybe they just circled around it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it. It. I thought she's because she she's describing the planet like what it looks like as if she was on the planet. So I'm I'm making the assumption yeah, that yeah. she she put she had boots on the ground there. But yeah, I'm thinking the dream that she had is. I mean, when we dream about locations, I dream that I'm in my grandparents' house like twice a week, and so I can. If if you've been somewhere, you. Pretty That's much true. dream it yeah. the right way. Yeah, it's like when I have my dumb Spider-Man dreams. One, I'm scared of heights, which is really terrifying, you know, really annoying. But two, I've never been to New York City. For, I was there for like six hours, you know, a couple of years ago. But before that, I'd never been there. So all my web swinging is like around, you know, cities like Boone or High Point, where there's only like four buildings that are taller than three stories. So it's not very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Like I'm swinging from telephone poles, and again, I'm also once I get about over thirty feet, then I just freak out and get scared anyway. All right, <laughs> it's 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 weird. It's super annoying that my fears follow me into my dreams. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Well, typical Netflix film. There's not a lot of trivia. So, Sully's pregnancy was a result of Felicity Jones being pregnant in real life. And you know, when I saw her in a, there was one shot in this movie where I was like, oh, she, I bet you she really is pregnant. It was in her face, right? And yeah. The, just you could tell. Because the character in the book isn't, so I guess isn't pregnant. Not is not pregnant. No. So they added the pregnancy for the movie. But they added because the pregnancy for the movie because the actress was pregnant. Now I guess you could argue didn't just recast somebody. You don't have yeah. to have her get somebody else, but huh. I think it makes it interesting. You know, I think it does too. Action going on on the spaceship. I mean, it's another yeah. element of suspense in some ways. It yeah. also adds a little bit of the humor because there people keep offering up different girl names and stuff. So, and but I mean, also like, I mean, other than the fact that I mentioned that the dream part, you know, it, it's pretty obvious who the who the dad is, right? Because the other guy's screaming about his family, and the other guy's like forty years older than her. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious yeah. who the dad is, but um, it's not very professional. It just seemed. Did, did, did... Did either of you think that the the younger girl? I forget the girl's name. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We anyway, know. I, I, did you think that she was old enough to be an astronaut? I mean, she looked like she was nineteen. Maya was her name. Her her real name is Tiffany Boone. How old is she in real life? She is. She was born in eighty seven. Okay, so she's my brother's age. So like thirty something. She doesn't look thirty. She looks like she's eighteen. 18. Yeah. yeah. How old is you? 18. Well, mother effer, you look 30. 
Yep. <laughs> Man, you at least 30. Okay. Um, uh, trivia. Back to trivia. Sorry. Uh, Tim Russ, which I mentioned earlier, and Ethan Peck. Uh, Ethan Peck plays young uh, George Clooney. They are the, they're in the Star Trek. Uh, Russ plays Tuvok in Star Trek Voyager, and Peck plays a young Spock in Star Trek Discovery Season 2. And I thought this was actually kind of inter- interesting. For the sequence where, sequence where Augustine and the little girl are separated, the production filmed during an actual snowstorm in Iceland where temperatures were negative 40 degrees. Ooh. Because it was so cold and actor-director Clooney was not wearing goggles, they could only shoot one-minute takes before he had to take shelter and use a hairdryer to thaw his eyelashes. Wow. Pretty much the eyes. Remember how cold it would get in Boone? Yeah. All right, and your eyes would hurt? Yeah, I, can I can't imagine. imagine negative 40 with wind. I, how do you even, as a crew for that, I mean... Gosh, I, yeah. I have, well, well, you know the sound. The sound guys out there in, in sandals. I would imagine the yeah. <laughs> shorts and sandals. In short, shorts and sandals. I can't imagine That's there being sound on that at all. Honestly, I would imagine that it's all just camera crew and some lighting guys. But I mean, I, I, the coldest I ever was doing sound was in Erie, Pennsylvania, in January, and I was under a tarp because it was snowing outside. We were filming on location and I was under a tarp trying to keep the snow off all my, my recording gear. And, uh, I mean, it was, that was cold. And I, that's, that was what, maybe 30 degrees. So I can't imagine negative anything. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. Uh, this, excuse me while I whip this out. Of course we had to do George Clooney movies. We're going to do George Clooney movies. Andrew. Okay. So I've got Men Who Stare at Goats. Okay. Never seen it. <laughs> Never seen that one. Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, I have uh, Burn After Reading, which is very similar to Men, Men uh, Who Stare at Goats. It does. Uh, in in the way that it's filmed and, and written. Hmm. Um, and then number one, I have Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't go wrong with that one. My, uh, my number... Th- my number three is uh, three three kings. Yeah, I think we did that for this podcast. We did. We have done that a long time ago. Yep. Yeah. My my number two is Ocean's Eleven, there and I I have to have a brother. Where art thou? Is my number one. Cool. And it's it's one of those movies you cannot uh, if you're you know flipping the channels and it's on you you just sit there and quote along with it <laughs> as it as it goes. How about you, Sean? Uh, I also did Three Kings as number three. I went with Ocean's 13 instead of Ocean's 11. I really I like them all. The second one maybe not as much, but I like I, I like 13 just a little bit more than 11. But I, okay. Mainly just because I like the idea of Al Pacino as a bad guy. I don't know. I just like <laughs> I like the fact that they're screwing him. It just seems and I don't know. It's they're both great. All three yeah. of them are good. I've not seen Ocean's 8, but 11 and 13 are really good. I just like if, 13 just a smidge better. If I'm going to watch one of them, which one? Ocean's 11. 11. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You need, yeah. you need to see Ocean's 11 for because it really establishes you, the You characters. meet the team. You need yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah you All meet right. the team, yeah. And you get to see Brad Pitt eat a lot. <laughs> Every take. The he's, one he's thing eating. the one thing that they do in Ocean's 12 which is really annoying is they break the fourth wall, but they do it kind of... It's not as a joke, which is the problem. So you know that Julia Roberts is in the movie, and she plays George Clooney's love interest. In the second movie, they actually say, wow, can't you help but notice that she looks an awful lot like Julia Roberts? And they make her... They pretend that she looks like Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. So that she can get into a certain place... And Bruce Willis shows up because he's friends with Julia Roberts. It's so dumb. I hate yeah. that part of that movie. My number one is Till du- Dust Till Dawn. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Tarantino. Yeah. Slash uh, somebody else. Rod- else Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. Another uh, honorable mention is uh, Monuments Men. If you haven't seen that one, it's a, it's worth a yeah, watch. I, I do too. want to. Yeah. It was on our podcast list for a long time because yeah. I wanted to see it. And it was just never streaming. 
Yeah. Um, in fact, it might still be on the list if I look down far enough. Uh, but anyway, that's that. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Still doing the the quote the 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 ranking out of ten again. Maybe we'll stop doing it. It doesn't really make sense to keep doing it, but whatever. Uh, George Clooney movies. Sorry, I'm typing. Andrew, what you got? Uh, I think IMDb put this at five point something. Um, I I don't like it that much, so I'm going to go about a 4.2. All right. I agree with Andrew. Um, This is a sub five movie. Uh, uh, 4.28 out of 10. Okay. Um, Just for, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just going to give it a straight five. Uh, yeah, just a five. It's fine. It's yeah. not great. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not terrible. It's just, it's fine. I don't ever want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, someone on Twitter, I, I commented that we we're, we we're doing this thing and someone was like, is it worth watching? And I used the phrase, it's a slow burn with a slight twist. I mean, that's how I described it. I guess I could have been a five-word review. We did have somebody post on, on our Facebook about what they thought of the movie. Uh, they said, uh, my friend Lucian said, it was okay. The spacewalk scenes freaked me out. I didn't actually see the plot twist coming. I'm not sure if the solution was supposed to solve the problem, but it won't. <laughs> and then another friend of mine, Samantha, who has... Uh, she was Samantha is the one that made us watch Sleeping Beauty, that the curse of Sleeping Beauty. Oh yeah, 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 forever ago, right? She says I'll second Lucian on this one with an okay rating. Great cast, great cinematography. The cinematography was good. We didn't mention yeah. that cinematography was it was a pretty movie, especially the 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 sci-fi spacewalk stuff. Oh yeah. The script and general storyline was too vague with so many things unanswered. Which, like again, we had like yes. eleven questions. Yeah. It was almost annoying at times, and the ending was even worse. That left me feeling like, well, um, okay, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. So. That's it. That's, uh, okay. that's that. So five. So, okay. All I can say is, is that we've had three movies. We've had four movies. We've had five, six, seven movies in a row where they've just been not great. It's I'm I'm ready for a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Um I know Andrew you loved Wonder Woman and that's great but um yeah, I don't think you can consider that as a not great movie. It was an okay. Except okay. that the, except <laughs> that Sam I and I it. both said that it's not great and IMDb would also agree with us. No, I, but I'm right. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, you usually are, and you always have the best uh, top three lists, so that's also a thing. Um, the last little game we do here towards the end, and it's, and it's time to kind of put this this thing to bed, so I'll say this. Stupid book. There we go. Uh, the, the movie line that we've been doing the last three weeks, or two weeks, uh, the cl- classic 101 classic movie quotes uh, on my list, number three. Um... Uh, I can't read that. May the force be with you. There you go. That must Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Gandalf said that, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or maybe it was Harry Potter. I don't remember. Anyway, that's it. That's our show. The Midnight Sky. Go watch it. Or don't. I don't care. But don't. <laughs> um, next week, we are doing... A an American president. It's a Sorkin written movie, and American president. I've never seen it. Yay! Are you serious? I've never seen it. I've seen like like five minutes of it, and I know that my friend Shauna is in it. And I say my friend is. I worked with her. I don't really. If I walked to her, like if I saw her on the street, she wouldn't recognize me. At least I don't think she would. I don't know. Maybe she would. Did you run into her once? Many many times. Okay. So on purpose. Yeah. Well. In the form of, never mind. I'm gonna stop. So okay, there's there's no way that it can come across <laughs> as not being creepy. So <laughs> next week we're doing an American president, and that was chosen kind of out of a list of what uh, we're having a guest host on next week, which we're very excited. So it's just yep. kind of coincidence that I announced that that's the movie we're doing on the day that we record was the inauguration of president number 46. So 
not any kind of political statement. It's just we're doing an American president. So there we go. And that's the show. That's it. I'm going to wrap us out of here by simply saying thank you guys. That's what Jill Biden says, by the way. What? It's time to Nothing. go. Time to go home. No, no. Go, go back to to what you said about the movie. That it's cold and boring. No, that we're going to do an American president. Oh God! All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I appreciate that. Go visit our website, <laughs> cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. It's where you can go back and listen to all three hundred and thirty uh, twenty nine other episodes. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Seriously, if you're listening to the show, listen to uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It'd be great. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cheapseatreviews, at CheapSeatCast is our Twitter account, and CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com, where we do have an email sitting there waiting for me to be read, but we got to do a baseball movie, otherwise the email will make no sense. So I'm going to try to get a baseball movie on as soon as we can. Uh, uh, maybe we'll get, I'll, I'll squeeze one in after the, uh, an Amer- I want to say the American president, but it's Anne. That's also what Joe Biden says. Yes. oh man what strange images we have going on uh anyway that's the show guys thanks for for uh for for hanging out with us for another fun episode and uh yeah that's it not watching anything right now because i'm just vamping for the music ends but uh i haven't had time to watch anything and that's okay so next week like i said american president on behalf of Andrew and Sam, this is Sean Thing. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.